welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. My name is Alex Ikestead. I'm your host. And Packers fans, we have some monumental news for you. You've probably already heard about it. Surprise hiring dropped yesterday, last night. The Packers have hired their new defensive coordinator. So we are going to dive into who he is what he has done, what he is about, and how he fits into this Green Bay team. His name is Jeff Halfley. Again, we're going to go all into him, spend this show kind of focusing on the new hire, how it works with the team and the defense. This is an emergency podcast. This is caught me off guard Packers fans maybe it caught you off guard too but we're here for it thank you for tuning in from the over 100 plus countries we appreciate all the Packers fans out there sharing the show we see so many of you writing in we see so many of you texting it to friends and we appreciate that so much so keep doing it you're doing a fantastic job let's get into the show I'm joined by my co-host KJ KJ welcome to the podcast how you doing Packers fans, it is great to be with you, and I cannot wait to sink my teeth into this red meat. Jeff Halfley, we've got a deep dive. You know, the immediate reaction I noticed on Twitter is, first, nobody in the entire universe knew who this guy was. And then there was like a few people coming out of the woodwork like, oh, oh yeah, you know, Boston College, you know, East Coast, East Coast, Ohio State, right? You know, like after you get a chance to look up the Wikipedia, research it a little bit, truth in the matter is no one knew who this guy was, you know, and that's, that's point number one. Uh, but it doesn't mean that he can't be successful here, right? And I have some thoughts. Alex has some thoughts. But... It's very interesting because Packers Nation is conflicted on this guy. You know, there's a lot of, I would say, groupthink out there. And you have to ask yourself, are you someone who, you know, thinks for yourself, you have your own thoughts, you formulate your own opinions, or are you someone who thinks what other people tell you to think and, you you know, maybe you, you think about what other people's opinions are and apply them to your own Or maybe you're somewhere in between. Well, this, first off on the show, we're going to do a deep dive. We're going to talk about the scheme. We're going to talk about his history. We're going to give you everything you need to know about this guy. So it's neutral, right? And then we're going to dive in and really tell you what we think. Because this is an independent show. Ike is an independent company that we have full control and ownership of. There's no one telling us what we can or can't say. There's no one muzzling us. You know, this is raw and real, and that's why Packers Nation is basically so active over here, right? This is a place where all takes are welcome. But before we give our full takes, we're going to give you the lowdown. We're going to give you everything you need to know. And then I encourage you to formulate your own opinion. You know, don't just follow the crowd in life in Packers fandom, right? Like, don't just follow what other people are doing. Think for yourself. There's a lot to take in, you know, because this guy is such a relative unknown, there's going to be a lot of new info. You know, this isn't something like you hire, you know, maybe like a Bill Belichick, right? Like, it's not going to be that like, oh, I've seen the guy, I've seen him coach, I've seen him win, like all this stuff. It's like, this guy is someone that nobody really knew much about. And uh, especially as it pertains to the NFL, like the collegiate ranks is another thing. But we got an incredible show. Like I said, red meat. We're about to sink our teeth into this. And we're about to talk about basically just everything. 
And uh, Alex, you know, I put this great uh, long thread on X, on Pike Packers on X. I encourage you to go check that out, Packers fans, because I haven't seen a single objective breakdown like the one I just put out, the one that covers everything. You know, everyone's kind of like posting a snippet here, posting a clip here, cherry picking a stat there, maybe putting out a little... 15 second clip there you know it's like if you want the good the bad and the ugly which everybody has all these coaches have i encourage you to go check out that thread but let's run through it if you haven't seen it yet so alex take us from the top start at the top let's let packers fans know what they're getting and then i might interject with a take or two so 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 get 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 rolling here let's see what we got packers fans buckle up i'll try to go at a reasonable pace here cage allowing you to kind of dissect some of the stats some of the facts here Packers fans who he is Jeff Halfley let's get into it so we're going to start with his history and experience over the last 10 years yep he's 44 years old and he's got six years as a defensive backs coach for Tampa Bay Cleveland and San Francisco under Tampa Bay he was coached by Greg Schiano. That was 2013. They went 4-12, and and the team had the 17th best pass defense, but they were third in takeaways in the NFL. That's a plus. With Cleveland. With that's Cleveland. A Hold on. That, that's a plus. Just real quick, I'm going to say, like, plus one for Jeff Halfley, right? However, that was 11 years ago. So do with that what you will. What do you do in Cleveland? With Cleveland under Mike Patton, maybe that name rings familiar, in 2014... The Browns had a 7-9 and nine record, and their pass defense ranked 8th overall in the NFL, and they were 4th in takeaways in 2015. Plus, plus. plus. That's, another, that's a great year for Halfley. That's, that's, that's two strong years in a row, right? So, so once again, 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, in, it's like, in, hey, you were in your prime 10 years ago. How many people have said that, right? Let's okay, keep what it do moving. Do you do 2015, 3-13 record, 22nd in pass defense. 22nd in takeaways seemed like things kind of reversed course. It is Cleveland, though, so let's keep that open mind. Moving on to San Francisco, where he was coached under Kelly and Shanahan. That's Chip Kelly and, you know, Kyle Shanahan. In 2016, the 49ers were 2-14, and and they had the 14th best pass defense in the NFL, were 19th in takeaways. In 2017, they were 6-10, 22nd best pass defense, 20th in takeaways. And in 2018, they were 4-12, 11th in pass defense, 32nd in takeaways. Uh, a little bit of a, a conflicting era in San Francisco. Seemed to go up and down there. He so, then so hold joined... on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's his NFL experience. That's why I want to draw this little line right here. His NFL experience ended in 2018. So how long ago was that? That was over five years ago. This is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. This is very much a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world. However, we're from Wisconsin. We're in Wisconsin. You know, we've got ties all over the country and international, but we've got lots of ties in Wisconsin. And one of the best parts about Wisconsin is the fact that it's a little bit more relationship-driven, I would say, than the cutthroatness of the coast, right? And, uh, however, you know, it's been five years since the man's coached in the NFL. And I would say those results... 
you got some plot pluses, you got some minuses, but they're average. You know, call them what it is, it's average. There was not a single great winning season there, and there was not a single really like definitive uh, elite year there either in terms of controlling what he can control. He had a small role. He's defensive backs coach, right? This is kind of like Christian Parker on the Denver Broncos. This is kind of like Zach Orr coaching the linebackers on the Al Baltimore Harris. Ravens. But but they had a lot more success. Um, I would argue if you stack it up side by side. And that's not me having a take. That's just how it, how how uh, the the stats shake out. So so then Alex, he went to. Ohio State. Ohio State University, the Buckeyes. He goes to the college game, lands with a pretty top-tier program, one of the top four programs in college football, objectively, Alabama, Ohio State. Clemson, Ohio State, and who's the other one, maybe? Georgia. You know, Ohio, Georgia, right? So, so a top-four program, like an elite, elite program, getting studs, getting NFL talent, getting guys like the Bosa's. And in 2019, that Ohio State Defense had a top five unit, and Chase Young. that's kind of what Ohio State does, right? They're a top five college program. I said top four, in my opinion, and they're loaded with top-tier talent, but they had a top five defense. Defense was really good. Chase Young rushing the passer. Just one of many, you know. A lot, yeah. And, you know, thoroughbreds on that team, loaded defense. After 2019, he jumps from co-defensive coordinator to head coach at Boston College. So he goes from Big Ten to ACC football, where he's now in charge of the entire roster. One one point, one point, co. That's the key word here. He was not singularly in charge of the defense. And I think that's a huge takeaway if you're actually looking at this objectively, Packers fans. He kind of had help, you know, like like he, he had the benefit of having elite talent and he put together an elite year. Right. So so let's give credit where credit's due. But it wasn't like he was the guy solely responsible. Right. Like Ryan Day's doing a lot of the recruiting because this guy wasn't there for six years bringing in his guys. He was there for a year. Jim so, Leonard so, oh, had two top overall defenses. Exactly. So and I was going to make that point. Let's, too. let's call the train there. OK, that's Wisconsin. He, this is Ohio and State. Then, he so then he Boston jumps College. to Boston College and he becomes the How head coach there? in 2020. He went six and five his first season, allowing 28.4 points on average. That ranked 59th out of 127 teams in 2021. Six pack. and six record, 500. They allowed 24.2 points a game. That was 38th in the nation. Improvement in 2022. Things fell off for Boston College going 3-9. and nine. They gave up 31.5 points a game. That was 105th in the nation. Hmm, hold on. You and don't then, see that on Twitter. You don't see that on Twitter. That's interesting. Yeah, keep going. And then in 2023, a 7-6 record allowing 28.3 points. That ranked 74th in the nation. So his college experience was a mixed bag. Yeah, like, like average at best, you know, I think the takeaway is he, he did well when he had elite talent, like, and then, like, if you're coaching the Legion of Boom in Seattle, right, like, think back to the Legion of Boom, Cliff Averill, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Brandon Browning, or whatever the guy's name is, like, it'd be hard to have a bad defense with that, right? So he kind of went to a great Ohio State program, and uh, he did well. But he went to a middle-tier program, Boston College. He did not do well. 
and the, there's really no way to spin it. Like there was this wasn't some great extraction or great elevation of talent. Like look at what Jim Leonard did at Wisconsin objectively. Like they had their problems. You know, that Wisconsin had their problems. But you look at the defensive stats cuz the numbers don't lie. Men want men lie, women lie. People on Twitter especially will lie to you Packers fans. Don't fall for it. Um but the numbers won't and Jim Leonard has better collegiate stats, frankly. If we're if we're talking about collegiate body of work, there's a lot of guys better. Uh, Jim Leonard had better stats. However, it doesn't mean we're discounting Halfley, right? Like he's our co- he's our coordinator, so we're gonna rock with him. But that's just the truth. Very very average uh, Boston College, in my opinion. Those are and the then, stats. Let's get into the coaching style. His buddy calls him up. Yeah. So so now we're talking about style and scheme. Keep it keep it rolling now. So. He has shown that he's a details guy. He prepares players well and is someone who has the intention in the drills he runs and focuses on developing his players. In a perfect world, this is something that would help, say, Rashawn Gary, Quay Walker, and members in the young secondary go from good to great. Savage, maybe. He's been seen as motivating, inspiring in his limited speeches, Perhaps less than say a Zach Orr who can really fire up a team, but he, he brings he brings some energy. He's more than Lafleur. He's more inspiring and more motivating than Lafleur. So, so I would say that's like a plus, right? And I would say uh, the difference though is Cage is that he's been working with college talent lately, right? So that's five years since he's been in the in the NFL, right? So you're working in college as a head coach. You have that authority. That mm-hmm. maybe doesn't translate necessarily to a pro level, right? Where all of a sudden you guys have guys who have millions of dollars in the bank, pro guys men. who've had several coaches, guys who are vets and know the game at a high level. So we'll see how that translates. As far as the scheme goes, he likes a 4-3. So the Packers probably switching back to a 4-3. And well, you know, he's, I mean. he's known for press coverage, switching up his looks. But overall, aggressive style with kind of a free safety that has the ability to roam in the center field, like a like a baseball center field. They're kind of you know roam the a range, ball hawk. a ball, a ball hawk. hawk. Yeah. And the press coverage is really kind of his his calling card on for as a secondary coach. He loves getting the guys up and physical. Opposite to, say, Joe Barry, who liked to play a little off and keep the game ahead of him. The press coverage really, you know, jabbed the guy at the line, but it opens up that risk, right, of of, of a receiver getting behind you if he's really strong or fast, right? So we'll see how that goes, Cage. Anything you want to comment there about the scheme? You know, I think it's good that he's going to be more aggressive. Like, hopefully he is. I think that's a plus. However, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, man. Like, the Packers' defense had been known to, like, bend you know what i'm saying like we we did make it to the playoffs right like we didn't win the super bowl but we played well enough to win a playoff game when no one expected us to and make it to the playoffs uh so it's like it just depends on like sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't like meaning playing a little more safe and then playing a little more aggressive right like it's like you throw all your money on gamestop i would advise against that you know what i'm saying but but you know you, you put all your money in apple you know, that might that might do well for you, but really, like, most people are a little bit in between, right? And none of that's financial advice, by the way. But it's like, I'm just trying to paint a picture. It's like, being too aggressive burns you, but 
being too conservative is a little like, okay, maybe you don't like get burned super hard, but you can still maybe miss out on some stuff like some takeaways, right? Maybe the Packers defense under Barry could have had a few more takeaways, uh, but, but they didn't give up maybe, I mean, the Kevin King play is still burned in my mind, but like, you know, we, we, we didn't give up a ton of big plays, right? Um, that Barry could control, right? A lot of that was like missed tackling, horrible angles, stuff like that. Uh, we got to be careful not to be too aggressive. Overall, I like the idea of the press coverage. I think that's, you know, there's something to that. I like the idea that this guy can bring out more of our defensive backs because it's not necessarily a position of strength right now. We got Jair and we've got a lot of other people. So it's like we, if these guys take a step forward, the whole defense will take a step forward. But if they take a step back, well, then it's catas- catastrophic, right? Um, so, so, you know, I'm going to say that's like a push, right? Like I, I, we're going to have to wait and see. I do think it's going to be a plus to have a little more confusion. Some people have used the word chaos around the line of scrimmage. As we both know, chaos can go good or bad, right? Like absolutely chaos in a good right. way. It, it can be used very effectively. Chaos in a bad way is the worst of the worst. So we'll see what happens. A lot of this is going to depend on the refs too, man. You know, are they going to call those ticky tack fouls? Are they going to call like, Oh, he was four yards off the line of scrimmage. That shouldn't be a, shouldn't be a flag. Cause you get five yards. Oh, he was six yards. They're, they're throwing a flag every time. Come on, man. That's cheap. It's like, it really is going to depend on the refs. If we're going to get a bunch of PI calls that makes me nervous. That really does make me nervous. Cause it's very easy for these refs to favor offenses, especially in today's league. It's a passing league. Uh, keep going now. So Richard Sherman, he's the player that's spoken the highest of Halfley. Uh, whether he's you know right or wrong, and Ike Packers is going at him, Richard Sherman, about Jordan Love and his takes, where he was clearly off on Jordan Love. He is still a Super Bowl, one of the best cornerbacks in the last 20 years of the game. So, you know, it means something, right? But what player isn't talking highly he's of their coach and interviews? Yeah. Let, let's keep got, that. You're right. Keep that in perspective. What I want to say here is the more I see about the cornerbacks, you know, the talk, the history is I feel this gives a hint, hint of where the Packers are going in the draft. They're going. Oh, they've mentioned the develop. They're going secondary, whether that's cornerback, whether that's safety. I think you're going to see a couple of those type of picks early on for Green Bay with all those picks that. Green Bay has this year, including that extra second round from the Jets, an extra third round pick from the Bills in the Aaron Rodgers and Razul Douglas trades. So keep an eye on that for the draft content. Also, Again, we're going to have draft content here on Ike Packers. But Cage, go ahead. Also, keep an eye on Eric Stokes, right? This guy has a world of athletic ability. He's a freak athlete. He's a thoroughbred. Some might even say he's kind of the talent that, you know, Georgia guys, national championship winner. Very similar to what uh, Halfley worked with at Ohio State. So it's like Halfley is going to be expected to kind of coax the more potential, like coax the production out of Eric Stokes. Like we can't just jettison this guy when he's got all this ability. Joe Barry couldn't really get much out of him, but perhaps Halfley can. And I agree with Alex. I think we're going secondary early on. You know, I think pass rusher is secondary, but certainly uh, our first three picks, we're going to be using probably two, like one at the minimum, I would say probably two of the three on the secondary. It wouldn't surprise me if we go OL or DL or pass rush at the first pick, um, but but I, I would not be shocked if we go uh, secondary as well. Keep going. Yep, so that brings us to the summary, Packers fans. Quick wrap this up. Overall, have to be optimistic because Jeff Halfley well, is our guy. Isn't there a couple X-Factors here? Isn't there a couple X-Factors? 
We just went through, oh, yeah, X-Factors. An additional X-Factor is that he played wide receiver. And uh, now that he's on the defensive side of the ball, he has an inside lens onto what receivers like to do, how they like to scheme them open, and more. Here's another X-Factor. He has Well, ties. that's valuable. That yeah, is he, valuable. you got to give it to them there. That, like, if you see something from both sides, it helps, right? Like, you know, it's one thing to kind of – think you know uh about something that you've never done um but he played receiver and he's also coached on the defensive back portion of the ball defensive side of the ball that's better than not right like that's better than not having receiver experience so so i I do like that i want to point that out as a plus like to me that's a plus go for it out some other x factors he has ties to lafleur mike petton kyle shanahan and Maybe you could say there was a little favoritism or nepotism, whatever word you you prefer, where the buddy situation worked out. But it's not overly tight, so it's tough to prove in this case. Well, well here's and, what that means for anyone who doesn't know what that means. It basically means you give your job to the homie instead of maybe the person who's best qualified. You know, like this is something I'm sure everybody has experienced in life, whether it's on the coach's son, right? Like, oh, why is the coach's son getting all those minutes when he sucks, right? Or, like, why is that so-and-so getting promoted at work? Well, maybe she's friendly with the boss. You know, like, this stuff happens 24-7. Joe Barry went 0-16. LaFleur was friends with them. They hi- he hired him. You know, it's very much a real thing, and it's impossible to prove, but we wanted to include it and make Packers fans aware of it. Do with that information what you will. Keep going, Al. So let's get to the summary here, Packers fans. Then we'll give our takes. The summary, he's our guy. We have to be optimistic, have to hope for the best. Could be a bit of a boomer bust here because five years removed from the NFL, we will see how that jump goes. Keep in mind, in college football, a lot of the time is spent on recruiting. A lot of time is spent just organizing the roster when you're the head coach. And so now he gets to focus on defense. Maybe that'll One thing help on him. That. Maybe that'll hurt him, Cage. Yeah, Alex makes a great point. He's going to get to narrow his focus. You know, head coach has a lot of responsibility, especially in college. Now he's going to be asked to do the, the defensive coordinator all by himself. So it's like he was co-DC at Ohio State. He was head coach at Boston College. It's going to be his a new um, like role and responsibility quadrant for him. I will say the five years off from the NFL coaching, though, like something that's real, it's like, Picture you, you you going back and playing pickup soccer, pickup basketball, pickup football, whatever you do, wakeboarding, snowboarding, skiing. You haven't done it in five years. It's like you can still do it, but you might seriously hurt yourself. Like you might blow out your knee. Like I know, for example, you know, club that I go to once in a while is uh, basketball leagues, right? And I, I'm serious. These guys blow out their knees and they blow out their Achilles uh, because they just haven't done it in a few years. And there is something to be said about that. Like, there's also the flip side of that, the fresh perspective, right? The fresh start. Sometimes you lose your bad habits, right? I know sometimes when I would be playing FIFA back in the day, I would fall into some bad habits. And then when I would pick it up fresh, you just, like, kind of flow with the game again. You know, maybe that's not the best example, but you can lose some bad habits, right? So so, so there's pros and cons of that. Keep going, Al. Final things we'll say is let's talk about the bull case, the optimistic best scenario case is that Halfley hits the ground running takes the Packers defense from around 10th in the NFL overall builds on that jumps them up towards the top five 
and bringing out the best in the secondary, right? A strength of the Packers over history, Jair, a leader of the team, and hopefully Packers win the Super Bowl, get to the NFC Championship game at the least, and do some serious winning while Jordan Love is still young and on his favorable deals. Go ahead. One thing on that. Let's say the the bull case does happen. The best case scenario does happen, right, Packers fans? And we would all be ecstatic. You know, you would be, I would be, Alex would be, our families would be, our friends would be, Packers Nation would be over the moon. Rex Grossman proved that if you have an elite defense, you can get to the Super Bowl. And Lamar Jackson proved that if you have an elite defense, you can get to the NFC Championship game. Russell Wilson is a as a uh, second year player, right? He had Legion of Boom, Jimmy G with the San Francisco 49ers. He had his stack defense. Brock Purdy's got his stack defense. Like you can get to the top four or the top two, but can it? They, Jordan Love is essentially good enough to win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. So if if we can take that leap, if the best case scenario pans out and this guy's a home run hire, because it's truly an unknown. Like no one knows what this guy's going to do until he has a season under his belt. Maybe half a season, we'll see. But like, if everything does happen right, the stars align, and you get a top eight, top five, top ten defense, Jordan Love and this Packers offense should take the steps. Matt Lafleur should be able to call a decent enough game where we could get to the NFC Championship game or what we actually all want, the Super Bowl, and to get another ring to bring the Lombardi Trophy back to where it belongs. So if he can do that, if Halfley can do that for us, because the Joe Barry defense last year was the 10th best scoring defense in terms of points allowed, man. That is crazy. Like, that's good. Points are the only thing that matters at the end of the day. I know you can dissect it and say, all the yards given up, all the rush yards given up, all the pass yards given up. At the end of the day, it's all about the points on the scoreboard. And the Packers rank 10th in the NFL in defense out of 32 teams. That's very good. Like, that's very good. And that's why we ultimately made the playoffs and trounced the, the Cowboys and almost beat the 49ers, and we probably should have, right? So it's like the, the Joe Barry firing, I wasn't a huge fan of the guy either, but he had a solid year, frankly. Um, and I think a lot of Pakistans have, have had a lot of, like, painful, painful memories, myself included. So, so it was a little easier to, like, move on from him. But 10th is what the numbers say, right? Women lie, men lie, numbers don't lie. Packers are the 10th best scoring defense. So if the bull case happens, if the best case scenario happens, we should be knocking on the door of Super Bowls, which is what everyone's expectations are relative to the poll on Ike Packers today. So go check that out on X if you haven't. But what if this hire doesn't work out and we look at the bear case, we look at the worst case scenario, we look at an unfortunate scenario. Like, let's just run through these scenarios, Alex. What happens then? We'll say, you know, the inexperience, the jump from college to the pros is too much for him to handle. And the players either don't buy in or they lose that, you know, enthusiasm and confidence in their leader. And all of a sudden, the Packers defense falls from 10th in the NFL in points given up to, say, bottom half, bottom 15, maybe even in the 20s. And that would be a regression, right? Uh, so it would be interesting. That's kind of the bear case is regression. Bull case is better than – is clearly in the top 10. So there are some expectations. I think that's where we can transition this cage to more of our opinions now is over 70% of Packers fans expect them to make the NFC Championship or better next year. So if we don't do that, 
that's like the overwhelmingly majority of Packers fans who are expectations are not going to be met. I think everyone's expecting us. We won a playoff game. If we would have taken care of biz against the 49ers, we would have been at that level. So everyone doesn't want to get the same or regress because that does nothing for us, right? Unless you're looking for participation trophies, which Green Bay is not known for. We're known for Super Bowl trophies. All the fans who try to clown the lines are putting up the banner for winning the division. It's like, look, that's essentially a They've participation trophy. They've made it just as trophy. far as the Packers have since the Super Bowl. Exactly. So it's like they made it to the NFC Championship game too, just like we did a few years ago. Like, we got the objective about this. We're not in this just to make it so far. We got to get to the big one. We got to win the big one. Um, and yeah, like Alex said, like if this doesn't go the right way and the Packers defense slips to the high teens or the 20s or even, God forbid, worse, you know, Jordan Love's going to be forcing it. It's going to be, you know, stunting his development. And even worse, it's going to be wasting years of his inexpensive prime Man, we got to take a step forward. The, the stakes are high. The stakes are high. This is a huge hire. And for that reason, I give it a solid C-. I'm going to be optimistic because I'm a Packers diehard through and through. You know, at the same time, I can look at things objectively. And that's what I'm doing now because truth is no one knows. We're going to keep going back to that. Nobody knows until we get some sample size. And I think we could have made better hires, most notably, like Alex said, Mike Vrabel, Christian Parker even, and especially Zach Orr, man. Because I know Zach Orr would coax the most out of Quay, even Devondre, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, all these guys in the second, all these dogs we got hidden in the, in the woodwork, all these gems. I know those guys would have probably brought the most out of them, and, and perhaps Halfley can too. But the fact this guy didn't even any other interest is very concerning. The fact that he's got ties to LaFleur is also a little concerning. I would have liked a neutral hire, to be honest. I'm going to be optimistic, man, but I give this a C-. minus. What about you? I think Packers fans, I just got to give my take. I don't want to give a grade yet. First, let me just walk you through my reaction to the news. When I found out about this, it came in out of left field. I had text messages saying, who is this guy? I myself was like, who is this guy? Where has he been lately in the NFL? Oh, Boston College, college, okay. Oh, that's a great pro. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, okay, let's pause here, Packers fans. This is my honest take. Who hired this guy and why? Because I feel as if there were more qualified candidates for the position. This isn't a knock on Halfley. This isn't yeah. a knock on saying his ability, his, his coaching you know, experience. But let's just keep a buck a buck. Keep he hasn't with been Packers in the fans. NFL in five years. And the Green Bay Packers were one or two plays away from the NFC Championship in which they could have beat the Detroit Lions again and were a top you know, franchise in the world cage, regardless of anyone. sport. Regardless of sport, the Green Bay Packers are a huge you know, attraction. They're, they're one of the most desirable Bro, they're top five jobs. franchise in the world, man. Absolutely. They're a top five sports franchise in the and, world. And so they fans, are the catch. They, the Packers are the catch. It's like... I described it to some of my friends, and I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but if it does, who cares? You know, like, we're not going to get canceled for this, but, like, 
you know, maybe it offends one or two people. It's like, this is like settling for a six. This is like settling. You know, this is a settled job. Like we, like Alex said, we could have done better and I'm going to be optimistic. But if you say this isn't settling, if you think this is the best candidate we could have gotten, I'm going to call you out on that because I disagree. Here is also my concern, Packers fans, is how well will the defense respond to him? We've heard from Kenny Clark now that they're going to stay tighter together in the offseason as a unit, as a team, working together, communicating more than previous years. That's all positives. Kenny Clark taking a little more of a leadership role. But at the same time, this is no time for going in the reverse direction. No. I personally expect Jordan Love to have a sophomore slump in his second year starting. And Packers fans, maybe you feel the opposite. Maybe you think he's going MVP. I would love that more than anything. It's but possible, he had a fantastic sure. first year starting because of the pressure that was on him. He had no room for error. Halfley right. also, in my opinion, is coming in he should have no room for error, but already I've heard Matt LaFleur say, hey, he's, he's about developing players, and that's the wrong approach. You're, you're, you're hiring the wrong person, we gotta win in now. My, opi- my opinion, Packers fans. This is like you need a – I'm a coder, right? So you need a certain person to do the job, but you want to hire someone who a needs a year or two of onboarding or more onboarding to the league again. It's – it's 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 a tough jump. Let's just say what it is. And I shock. just don't know. I'm shocked, Packers fans. I'm honestly, I was a little upset when I first saw this news. I was trying to think of, okay, what are the positives? Okay, he looks a little aggressive. He looks intense. It's the, it's the but he looks American. exactly like Matt LaFleur. I mean, come on, Packers fans. Just, you saw it. This, this is Matt LaFleur's doppelganger darn near. And it, <laughs> Well, we all like working with people that look like us, but sometimes you got to be a bigger man, put your pride to the side, and hire the best person for the yeah. job. The person that may not look like you, that may not be from the same background as you, that the same tree, the same clique, the same group. Yeah, you you same know, sometimes that really upsets me in life when you when you see kind of those those situations where stay in the comfort zone, man. And and I just want to add to that. We talked about on the last pod, we need someone to almost counterbalance the floor and be another like aggressive voice just to push back. And, and it's like Alex said, if you want to, if you want to, you know, let's say you're running a company, right. And you hire all your friends. You're going to learn very quickly that you're not going to be great that way. Like you have to hire people too. You have to work with people too. You have to, you have to gravitate towards people too. Who aren't always exactly like you. That's how you get go from good to great. Like you can be good if you kind of you know be buddy buddy with everyone, but you can only be great if you go and seek out the best. <laughs> and I'm not so sure this is, but one more thing, Al. It's just like, man, like this guy is not gonna threaten Lafleur, and that's a big takeaway for me too. Like if Vrabel would have posed a threat to Lafleur's job security, like oh, this is this is not one of those things that poses a threat to Lafleur's job security. So. It kind of looks bad in that way, objectively. Like it's kind of like a little bit of um, like I want I hired this guy because I can control him and and he's in my pocket type of thing. And I don't know how you go from good to great for that man. Yeah, Joe Barry had the tenth defense in the NFL. That's why I was a little upset a couple podcasts ago. Packers fans, go listen to those emergency reactions when we decided we'll get rid of him 
when things are going the best they've gone for Joe Barry on the defense. It was and interesting. Sometimes in life, things require patience. Joe Barry was a patient defensive coordinator keeping the game in front of him, right? Those long drives hurt. They hurt. You know, the missed tackles hurt. You know, the overall softness hurt. And I'm not saying Joe Barry was the answer because obviously I thought he wasn't. But in general, hey, what does safe investing do? Sometimes avoid, you know, catastrophe. And we're kind of doing the opposite. Like Matt LaFleur, I could see it in him during the season. He got upset with Joe Barry multiple times. He tried to blame Joe Barry multiple times, whether it was, oh, I didn't know the the, the cornerbacks were going to be off on that play. I don't understand why that was. And I think that kind of ingrained something in his head in that moment about yeah. who he was hiring. I'm going to find someone who plays press coverage because we have Jair Alexander and I want a press coverage guy. So he started looking beforehand and he found his man because Packers fans, let's just say it. This isn't the NFL list of names that everyone was talking about. This is a name that Matt LaFleur had in mind during the season. This isn't someone he just met the other day. Like, oh, let me just bring in the Boston College head coach to, to for an interview. No, you'd be like, let me bring in maybe an SEC head coach or maybe an the NFL head yeah. former head coach. You'd be looking for the best of the best. So I, I find it very hard to believe this wasn't some prearranged deal that bringing in yeah. Zach Orr for an interview wasn't some, you know, feel-good Rooney story. Rule. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm yeah. just disappointed because I saw I saw Zach Orr, the crowd, the reaction Packers fans had to when he showed up Look in Green results, Bay. Man. It was Look at the huge. results. Look at the, the results, results as well. Yeah. And, and – if you saw Chris Orr's Instagram story, that's the brother of Zach Orr who, you know, is tied to Wisconsin. He played at Wisconsin Badgers that we have ties to. Chris Orr and Zach Orr, this was this was something big. I think they felt it Bro, was this was the opportunity. The this is Zach Orr's gonna, time, right? This is I'm back to Wisconsin. Right there. Nobody cares, man. It's not about feel good. It's about who gets the job done, and that's all that's gonna matter. Like, I'm gonna stop it. Like this is going to be judged on how many games the Packers win and how well this defense does. We're stuck with this Halfley guy. Nobody knew he was coming, maybe except LaFleur. And he's not Zach Orr. He's not Christian Parker. It's like, you know, he's not Mike Vrabel. And guess what? I wasn't married to those names. I just want to get that clear for Packers fans. We we didn't have to have one of those guys. But you could see the obvious why you people would want him, man. And you could see the results. You know, those guys were... Making results. Look at the Denver Broncos. The defense wasn't the problem. The defensive backs had all pros on them. Look at the the Baltimore Ravens linebackers. They were all pros as well. They got to the NFC Championship. You mentioned Mike, Mike Vrabel being a coach of the year. You know, defensive minded guy. Like Super those Bowl are three winner. reasons right there. It, it's it's crazy that we would just settle for this. It kind of we'll see, man. I mean, we got to be optimistic, but yeah, like honestly, man, feelings don't matter in this business. And, and I think that Packers fans, I would encourage you to share this with a friend. I would encourage you to text this show to a friend because I don't see a single person going into a deep dive like this. They're all kind of like beating around the bush, ignoring it. You know what's funny is I don't really listen to Packers mainstream media anymore because they're all like basically like a, a crowd of sheep, frankly. And they all go in the same direction and they, they don't really provide much substance, frankly. And, and frankly, they're off a lot. 
So I happened to flip on the radio this morning. You know what they're talking about? Instead of actually diving in the meat, they were talking about, oh, how great was it that the Packers kept this under wraps? They're talking about the job the Packers did to keep this a secret. And I'm like, this is crazy, man. disservice to the fans. Thank God we actually can go on this show and reach all these people and tell them how it is, man, and let them make up their own minds. I just want to bring it back to what I said in the beginning, Packers fans. It's like this is a place, this is a community where all takes are welcome, all fans are welcome. My only ask is you judge for yourself. You make up your yeah, own you mind. You don't have to agree with don't, us. Don't agree. You know, you don't have to agree with us, but don't blindly follow the crowd because see where that gets you. See where that gets you, right? Um, those of you who know, who know you know. Those of you who don't know, maybe you'll find out. And uh, any final thoughts? I mean, I just want to say we got to be optimistic. It's Super Bowl or bust season over here. Like, that's where Ike Packer stands. Super Bowl or bust. Hopefully the defense takes a step forward under this Halfley guy. We have no choice but to be optimistic because he's our guy. We're rocking with him, right? So let's do that. Any final thoughts, Al? Final thoughts are... Razul Douglas was even traded. I, I, I want to go back to that and just kind of wrap up on this. Is Joe Barry, yes, he got a ton of talent, first-round talent, but the defense wasn't necessarily the Packers' true problem. It wasn't the root cause. The root cause for our inability to make the NFC the Championship was the kicking, the, t- the not taking the points, the clutch plays. And those come down to... I think experience. I yeah. think that's experience. Yeah, you're right, So right. Halfley lacks kind of that pro experience in my book. I like his scheme. I say this as a positive. I'll end with this. I'm excited about going back to a 4-3. We've got some decent down linemen. We've got Lucas Van Ness coming back bigger. We've got Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, we'll even Carl Brooks serves. and all these guys. Yeah. I like that. I think this is going to be a good time to switch up the defensive scheme. Maybe hit people with an unknown like Dom Capers did back in the day. So there's some ton of optimism there. But I am a little concerned about the jump of going from ACC where there was an undefeated team in college football that didn't even make the college football playoff because of really just well, the one lack last of overall strength there, Cage. So I, I, I don't know. This. I'm mixed bags, Packers fans. Time will tell with everything, I, right? We need I patience address here. This. One thing we didn't address is he played a really good game against that undefeated Florida State team, right? But guess what? He lost. And, you know, the Pack played a really good game against the 49ers, right? Guess what? We lost. And that's all that matters. I want to make sure to address that because it doesn't matter if you come super close. It matters if you get the job done. And do with that information what you will. Make up your own opinion. Write us in, Packers fans. Like Write us your honest take in the, uh, in the DMs and, um, or, or comments. You know? But send this to a friend. I don't hear anybody going into a deep dive like this. And this is the good, the bad, the ugly. This is just what it is. And you yep. can use this to make up your own minds and uh, take us home, Alex. Yep, Packers fans, we really appreciate you. If you like today's show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Texting it to another Packers fan or NFL fan is the number one way to help us grow. We want to be with you every step of the way. We're doing emergency podcasts when the big news hits. We're doing every weekly, our weekly show as normal. The draft is about to be absolutely nuts. But don't miss out on free agency. There's a ton of exciting stuff going on. So hit that subscribe button. Stay here. Stay close. And go pack.